All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Neil Armstrong reporting the roll and pitch program, which puts Apollo 11 on a proper heading. And of course, a very good time of the day to you with us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this is The Void Show, an active FM. As we all keep saying, radio has never been better. My name is Andrew, and I am your show host. Really pleased to be here, as you surely have seen what we are discussing today, right? Uh, we are speaking about what we usually call invincible astronomy, right? And obviously, today that would be the X-ray astronomy in space, okay? Now, what you should know about what we know in the universe, I mean, astronomy, you would know that um, a lot of things that we study are not within reach, okay? We can't just go to Andromeda Galaxy anytime you want to, right? We can't just go to the sun to sort of physically touch the sun. We can't just go to the moon to to physically study the moon, right? So these things are at extreme distances, right? That it would not be easy to go there to physically study them, right? So there are a lot of factors that would also affect the study. It would be um, and funding as well, right? So, um, so many factors that really or that are forming obstacles in how we study these uh, uh, celestial bodies. But one thing that's nice is that um, although they are at extreme distances, we can study them using their light, okay? And that's actually how we know so much about all these other bodies. It's because they are emitting light and their light can reach us, okay? So what we know about all of these bodies is because we have sort of studied the light from these bodies. We have studied the light from these uh, 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 galaxies, okay? And we know that light um, is not only the light that we can see, okay? Um, these stars, these celestial bodies would emit light, right? Would emit radiation. But obviously this radiation um, is not sort of like the same energy, right? It's got the same, it, it, it's got the different wavelengths, right? It's got different energy and that's really what determines what kind of a light it is, right? We have spoken about that. Um, as much as there will be sound that our ears cannot hear, but animals can hear, there's pretty much light that our eyes cannot see. Right, and that's when we speak about X-rays, right? This is light that our eyes cannot see. It's a radiation that our eyes cannot see. Uh, that's when we will be speaking about ultraviolet rays, okay? We know that's from the sun, but we cannot see it. That's when we'll start to speak about um, infrared astronomy, right? Uh, that's when we'll start to speak about um, radio astronomy, right? So you've got stars that emit radiation in the in, in, in this light at that frequency at that wavelength and for us to, to detect those stars or to see them in those energies, you're gonna need 
what? We're going to need telescopes that are designed specifically to see light or to detect light in those frequencies, okay? So that's pretty much what it is. And um, um, just a little bit about X-ray astronomy in space, okay? Now, you know, one thing that's interesting is that um, uh, our scientists did know that um, there's x-rays in space like long 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 time ago so they knew that there are sources of x-rays in space right they knew this long long time ago and if, if you actually look at how they knew this you would find that they used balloons right and then you're sounding rockets to test these things and i mean a balloon is a very delicate thing right so if you detect these uh, x-rays there would be some uh, phenomena that's happening there so you might just want to check that out if you're interested right but they knew that there's an x-ray or there are x-rays in space right a form of radiation another radiation it's been known for a long time uh uh but it was not until 1970 that you know scientists actually uh, launched the first x-ray satellite okay? they launched the first x-ray satellite and it was called the, um, the the small satellite, the small astronomy satellite one, right? It was sort of nicknamed Uhuru. It was nicknamed Uhuru, and um, Uhuru is a Swahili is a Swahili term, right? So there was a first satellite to go there for X-rays, but the thing with this satellite is well, it, it could not take actual pictures. Okay, so it was not meant to sort of take actual pictures. So it did not take actual pictures. So it was not sort of like a telescope in that traditional way. Um, um, but what it did, it acted like these antennas. You know antennas? Like your, your, your dishes. You know, it acted like those dishes. Um, I don't know what I would call it. Like we call them radio antennas, right? Or dishes. That's how you'd call it. So it acted like those in a sense that it would not take pictures, but it would sort of point astronomers in a direction where there would be X-rays, right? That's how it worked, uh, this um, um, uh, first X-ray telescope that was sort of sent in space in 1970, Uhuru, right? And, and um, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it really enabled astronomers to, you know, find... Uh, a small number of these radio, you know, these X-ray sources, right? About um, 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 several hundred, several, um, several hundred of them, right? Several hundred. And then a few years later, um, at about 1978, you find that uh, you know scientists did launch another satellite into space again. It was called the High Energy Astrophysical Observatory Two, right? Hero Two. And it was nicknamed Einstein Observatory, okay? And Einstein Observatory, it could take pictures, okay? It could take pictures. And its duration in space was about um, two and one half year, right? Two and a half year, right? So that, that was pretty much it. And so it did take pictures, produced more than 7,000 7, images from, from space. And another one was sent. It was called um, Rosat, you know? in addition to its ultraviolet studies and i mean it detected again at another about six thousand um images of previously unknown x-ray sources so that's 
sort of first when astronomers now started to see in the universe, you know, uh, these uh, X-ray stars, these X-ray uh, galaxies now coming to life and seeing them with their naked eyes. So right after this, we're going to be continuing this conversation. It's your boy CJ, listening to Active FM. You know what it is, time to turn the world upside down. Right, so of course we are still speaking about um, X-ray astronomy. Um, it's it's in high energy astrophysics, right? It's in high energy physics. So um, uh, X-ray is a very high energetic radiation. Okay, it's a very high energetic radiation. Um, even our gamma rays, they are gamma rays as well of light, of radiation. So these are. Uh, of high energy radiation okay they are found at extremely short wavelengths okay and if you sort of don't really get uh, what we mean by wavelength of light what we mean by energy of light the frequency of light there's a show that we did right discussing um, these properties of light okay we discuss what light is and actually um, if you would listen to that show, you would sort of really get what we mean when we're speaking about the wavelength of light, when we're speaking about the frequency, right? What do we mean when we say um, X-ray light, right? Gamma-ray light. They are, they are of high-energy physics, right? What we mean by that, you might just want to check that show out, okay? So, so of course, X-ray, um, high-energy, right? And then we're speaking about gamma-rays as well. Very, very high-energy, right? And because of that high energy uh, uh, you know property of x-rays they are found at extremely um, short wavelengths okay um, so so it's it's about 4,000 times shorter than those of visible light right the wavelength so it's pretty pretty found at very very low wavelengths and um, to sort of put it in another way, X-ray wavelengths are roughly the size of atoms. Okay? <laughs> That's how small they are, the size of atoms. Have you seen an atom? Probably not, right? You probably need a very, very powerful uh, microscope to see an atom. So that's the size of an X-ray wavelength, pretty small but really, really, really energetic, right? We know that wavelength is inversely proportional to the energy needed to create the light, okay? So because of that, if it's inversely proportional, the inverse proportion relationship means if I increase another by two, then another decreases by two, okay? That's an inverse proportion. It would be like... Um, let me think. Oh, I know. Um, maybe when you're fueling your car, right? Um, let's think that so the faster you accelerate your car, then the less your fuel is going to come, right? So there's an inverse proportion. The faster you do this, the less this comes, right? Or the less this 
uh, happens, the, the higher that happens. So that's sort of like an inverse proportion thing, okay? You can, of course, think of other examples. Um, um, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. Uh, so so there's, a, there's also that inverse proportion relationship between the wavelength of light and the energy, right? And so because of that, X-rays, uh, uh, emissions come from the most energetic phenomena. It's because of their short wavelength, okay? X-ray astronomy provides a very different view of our universe, right? It, it, it really does. And I must say that the dawn of X-ray studies in you know, our lifetime has sort of brought into focus you know, um, um, a new view and, and, and a new discovery of celestial bodies, which would then be hot young stars, right? Um, exploding stars in the universe, um, neutron stars, you know, active galactic uh, nucleuses, right? Um, and, and, and even uh, black holes as well, right? So, so um, as I did say, scientists pretty much knew about uh, extra astronomy. They did knew. It goes all the way back to your 1940s, right? That's early 20, uh, uh, that's early 20, 20th century, right? At about 1940s, they pretty much knew about X-rays and how they would detect uh, X-rays in the sky. Uh, they would send suborbital rockets, okay, into space. Suborbital, right? Sub, half, orbital full orbit around this uh, around earth so they would send these sub orbits um uh, suborbital rockets into space and these suborbital rockets into space would sort of have uh uh detectors upon them right on them they would have these detectors and these detectors would sort of monitor x-rays that are coming from from the sun right and I mean, for nearly 15 years, for nearly 15 years, the sun was the only object that was bright enough to be detected in X-ray light. Did you even know that the sun emits X-ray light? It pretty much does, right? There's light, and of course, there's X-ray light. There's radio light, there's infrared light. So, um, so the, 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 it, for, for, for a very long time, um, Scientists only knew about these X-rays that are coming from from the sun, right? But obviously, um, in 1962, with with better X-ray detectors, it you know, an improved rocket, uh, you know, um, astronomers really discovered um, X-ray emitting objects from the universe, right? And uh, the very first one was the one in the constellation of Scorpius, okay. Um, 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 that's when they really found the very first source from the sun, right, that emitted these X-rays. And obviously, 1970, they then sent out Uhuru in space to really study um, these X-rays uh, from celestial bodies. And Uhuru, remember, it did not have, it did not have the camera, right? You'd remember that um, Uhuru did not actually have cameras to take pictures of these celestial objects. So there were no cameras there, but it, 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 it acted like um, it, these radio antennas, okay? So it, look, it would sort of look in a certain direction and it would receive x-rays from there and it would sort of send message to astronomers and be like, hey, I've just received an, an x-ray message from here, okay? So that's pretty much how it worked. Although it could as well tell whether 
a patch of the sky, you know, um, or a path of, uh, you know, a certain patch was dim or bright, so it could sort of do that. And um, the very first satellite to that, that was capable of taking X-ray pictures of the sky, it was launched in 1978, eight years later, and it was named the Einstein X-ray Observatory. Okay, it was the very first telescope to um, that was capable of taking pictures of X-ray sky. And I mean, X-ray telescope, um, it had what we call a, spectros- a spectrograph, okay, a spectrograph, an X-ray spectrograph. Uh, you probably have heard of spectroscopy, right? Um, um, so this would be, this would sort of be a way to study uh, the, this, this radiation, okay? It's, it's sort of the way to study the radiation, this X-ray radiation from these uh, celestial sources. That's what spectroscopy is. And um, it had a spectros- a spectro- spectrographs and um, what we call, uh, uh, you know, uh, and it's a very special X-ray grazing incidence mirror, okay? And it had two cameras on it and two X-ray spectro- spectrographs, okay? So that's pretty much what it was and um, two and a half years operation in space and um, um, obviously then we then start to say that the, the mission and the spacecraft was pretty much controlled by onboard computers right and radio commands from a ground-based uh, control center that's how it pretty much happened back back in the days and then, I mean it detected a lot of these x-ray emitters from space a lot of these x-ray emitters from space and um, that's actually for a very first time when scientists learned that you know x-ray emitters they actually include normal stars you know young and old stars neutron stars black holes they are there the remnants of supernova explosions you know galaxies quasars right and, and and even some certain cluster of galaxies so so i mean what we could say now is that researchers they are continuing to learn more about the data that's sort of returned by einstein satellites and i mean those, those but of course a lot of satellites have been sent into space in high energy physics right like when we're going to be studying gamma rays as well start the blazers and and, and and things like that so let's go for a song what are we playing now David Coat by Your Grace. Enjoy. Grace, I am saved for 
that was David Code saying by your grace on the radio station it is active FM it is a radio station except of course that it is active thank you so much for still being here thank you so much for still joining us now um, if you are still here I, I, I am hoping that you have been learning and you are really learning more about x-ray astronomy um, it's invincible studies it's x-ray right um, it's it's invincible astronomy of course x-ray you can't really see x-ray okay you would need a machine that's made in such a way that um it's gonna detect x-rays okay and there's more of an engineering side of things where they build these things right so that's pretty much what it is and um we we've been speaking about um you know a bit of history uh, behind x-ray astronomy um, um, the very first telescopes to be sent to space to really detect uh, these X-rays from celestial sources, right? And for a very long time, scientists have only been studying X-rays from the sun. Okay, it's X-ray radiation from the sun. Okay, it does emit X-ray radiation. Okay, from 1970, uh, I mean from 1965, right? That's 1940s actually 1940s uh, for about 15 years they've been studying x-rays from the sun and um, 1970 uhuru telescope was sent to space and that's when it actually detected a few more celestial bodies uh, you know emitting radiation in x-rays right although it did not have cameras it has discovered so much and then after that 1978 eight years later you have your einstein 
observatory that's sort of sent to space and it's having cameras it's having what we call a spectrograph um you know mirrors extra mirrors and it obviously detected more and a few years later again this is at about you know 1990s june um you you then have nasa and um uh, it 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 then launches what we call a, a rosat x-ray mission so rosat that sort of would be an acronym okay an acronym um and it was built by scientists in germany right um built by scientists in germany and uh uh the, the united states of course the 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 the, the, the united states uh it was launched by United States. Actually, it was it was built by it was a co-joint project built by uh, Germany, uh, Britain, right? Was there, and then it was launched by the United States of America. Yeah, and so um, it's one of the missions for it was to actually detect X-rays more. It did have an X-ray mirror, right? The finest one that was ever made, and obviously. Uh, a lot of in, in, instruments that were there, they were upgraded instruments, right, of the other ones that worked uh, before, like the one of your Einstein uh, telescope. And so um, what Rosat did, it sort of performed an all-sky x-ray survey, right, so it pretty much did a lot of stuff. You can't find the data uh, uh, on it, right, and so um, five years later, you have another x-ray Explorer, it was sort of called, um, you know, RXTE, and that's also an acronym for Rossi X ray Timing Explorer. And it was also launched into Earth's orbit to study how X ray sources vary over, uh, you know, over time periods, ranging from, you know, it would be uh, microseconds to like months. So, like, um, it, you know, uh, time variability is one of the properties of these high energy astrophysical sources um, um, one of the things that have been discovered lately is is that they, they actually vary in time so they would sort of emit uh, a high energy flux and and within few microseconds to months even right you sort of shrink like that so there's been those graphs that sort of study the radiation from these bodies and you would actually see that it varies and obviously depending depending on what kind of an object it is it would vary over time different times right maybe it's microseconds maybe it's days maybe it's hours maybe it's minutes two months okay two two months so just a little bit about x-ray astronomy the future of x-ray astronomy um and this is where we're gonna end today All right um 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 so, 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 I mean, you see, it, the, the studies are happening all over the world, um, but actually, you know, when you look at um, what the United States done, you know, your Japan, your Europe, they, they actually, they, they sort of the very, um, they're at the forefront of this, the, the, the research in x-rays, right? The USA, Japan, Europe, um, they, they actually all have um, a very good you know sort of pedigree in in studying x-ray astronomy right or in x-ray in x-ray research um at the end of the 1990s uh, uh nasa also called 
mission I mean, uh, one of the missions called Chandra X-ray Observatory hey and it was an improved version of Einstein as well so so that was in NASA of course so um, um, October 20,000 NASA scientists launched what we call the high energy transient explorer to detect and pinpoint gamma rays you know I mean, gamma rays it's one of the highest known energies in, 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 in the universe and I've actually been quite uh, privileged to study them as well as it's gamma raged right um, um, and then um, yeah it was about 2000 it launched to that mission and it's about you, you also have other missions uh, Fermi uh, uh, you, you you have NASA Compton Gamma Ray Observatory um, yeah so so it's been studied and it's an ongoing research as well in, in this high energy astrophysics now this is where we're going to end today. I really hope you, uh, you, 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 you somehow got this technical history of X-ray astronomy, and and that's that's pretty much it. And we're talking about the, the movies. movies. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Dumalang, Dumalang, okay? Hi, I'm the English version. Yes, and I'm also the English version. <laughs> <laughs> I can explain. <laughs> I actually can't explain what just happened there. Um. And of course, we have just reached the very end of um, our show today. Really hope you enjoyed the show uh, and you pretty much have learned quite a bit about the X-ray astronomy. You know, uh, gamma rays are sort of there as well. Uh, the high energy astrophysical sources and and um, that was just the a bit of a history behind them right the, some of the technical telescopes sent to space how did it all begin that's what we really have spoken about um, uh, and, and we have reached the end of the show uh, please share out the show and um, next week um, in the following weeks we'll be having some great interviews with some of the most popular scientists right so so stay tuned for that have a fantastic week like what you're listening to follow us on gab and twitter at active fm instagram at active fm triple seven and facebook at forward slash active fm